Welcome to our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you're here. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about Jesus loving God and serving each other. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com and find us on Facebook at Clemson Foothills Church. At CFC, we're just a group of people following Jesus and helping others do the same. So hopefully this podcast will be useful to you. Now let's dive into the episode for this week. So um, here's one of the things that I love, love, love about today is we get to be a, a witness We get to be here to see something um, that is truly a miracle in our world. Um, So if if just so you're aware, when we have a time uh, for Caitlin to be baptized, here's something to know is Caitlin, Caitlin didn't become a Christian and now she's doing baptism. Right, Caitlin, today we get to see somebody completely and 100% regenerated to brand new, okay? And that is one of the most exciting things to happen. And and unfortunately, that also uh, tends to be controversial sometimes in our day. But I want us to really pay attention to that is um, we're seeing faith in action. We're seeing uh, the Holy Spirit indwell into a human being. I mean, there isn't anything greater than that. And so I'm thankful that we get to be a witness to that. Um, that's exciting. And hopefully that, uh, you know, I, I trimmed my sermon down to about an hour and a half so we would have some extra time. So, um, but no, this is what an amazing uh, you know, when you wake up and it's all gloomy and cold, and there isn't anything really better than just a baptism is just fantastic. I love it. Uh, turn over to Matthew chapter 6, if you will. Um, we're right here. Um, if you've been following us the past couple weeks, uh, you've known we've been in this place where um, Jesus is teaching people how to pray. Teaching them how to pray. And we've walked through this. Um, this idea of our Father in heaven, we pray that your name be honored as holy. And we've dug through that. And my greatest hope as we go through this is that we will each and every day begin to dig through this ourselves. This is one of the things that I love most about the way Jesus teaches is he doesn't teach and just give you, here's answers right here and now recite them every day. He gives us this like, this this fertile land to discover. There's so much depth in just the way he taught how to pray. Just this idea of what does it mean that our Father is in heaven and regardless of our Father's here on earth, He is radically different in every single way, meaning he's better than all of us, all right? He's better than the best of us as fathers. And that is meant to evoke something so good in us that we would really, that's what we would pray from from our heart. That would be like the song of our heart is, Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Like I don't want anyone messing around with my father's name. That, that upsets me. 
That upsets me when, when, when my father is shown to be or, or is talked about to be something he's not. Anything other than wonderful and perfect and amazing and loving. And that's something each and every day. And I think we're going to see, too, that there probably was a specific time maybe that God wants us to be like going through this. OK, so let's take a look and see where we've been. There were there's where we've been. That's in Matthew chapter six. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Here's what here's again. And I hope you love this as well. It's very difficult to sit down and take a deep breath and and say these words if we really don't love Jesus. We can say them and they can be kind of like a like a, a something that we may do, but this this really draws out my heart and I think it draws out it's meant to draw out our heart. Uh, this is hopefully our deepest desire, but there's got to be something really, really, really fantastic about God. If Jesus is saying, this is how you should pray. This is how amazing he is. But then we get to this. Give us today our daily bread. I, I love this. Again, we've shifted. It seems that Jesus shifts from this idea of us, of, of, of us like kind of um, just revering his name and kind of putting ourselves in a posture of humility and submission. And as an apprentice, as a little child to their father of just like this overflowing, like, like song of love. And then he shifts he says, when you pray, pray, give us today our daily bread. And there's a few things before we jump into this that are hopefully uh, little tidbits for us to notice. Okay. There's a few of these. Um, so there's some implication in this. There's some implication when Jesus said, listen, tell them, give us today our daily bread. There's a specific Posture that he is placing us in. And what that is, is that I'm dependent on you. Like I'm asking you for something that's beyond what I can get at Publix or Walmart or forgive me, Aaron Trader Joe's, okay? <laughs> is there, is, is there's something greater than that that we're saying, this is what, Father, when we're talking, give us today. Give us this. We're dependent. I'm totally 100% dependent on God to supply this. Meaning this is going to, this, this requires me to stop working, as Jesus said, for food that just doesn't last. Right? It's this, it's this idea of going, God, listen, give us, and, and here's the next thing right here, today. I, I love this because there's so much and so little, right? There, there is so much in there of give us today. Remember, not tomorrow, not yesterday, not next week, not how are we going to make it, but right here and right now. And it's interesting because, you know, we always try to like figure out like, well, when should we pray? And this seems to me like this would be something really great to start our day with. If, if we're asking him, you know, give us today our daily bread. 
Again, it's that posture of a child with their father going, listen, I am all in with you. I love you. Please, I'm dependent on you for today's daily bread. There's so much to this. And again, the idea of spending time thinking through this, praying through this, this adventure that you go through of discovery more and more and more of what does this mean? And then, you know, one of my favorite things is this idea of daily bread. Again, it's sustenance from a physical perspective, maybe. But there's so much more to our day. There's so much more to what me and you come in contact with that we need this sustenance in our soul. Right? Our soul doesn't just run off of like just continually like it doesn't. It's this idea of I need sustenance for my soul today. And again, not worrying about well, what about tomorrow? Man, this thing happened yesterday. What about that? He's saying, no, listen, the best place me and you can be is right here in the present tense. This is truly, if there is like one like discipline to practice is that of just being present. And, and just kind of examine your own thoughts. Since you've been here, how many times have you thought about, man, later what we're going to do, tomorrow what I need to do, man, yesterday and I've got a test, or I've got a big day at work tomorrow, or I've got these things going on. And it just doesn't allow us to be at peace in the presence of God. To go right, right here, I don't plan for my tomorrow. And at this moment, I don't, I don't decide things for tomorrow. At this moment, it's just being present. Give us today our daily bread. And so there's three aspects to this that are important, that are all in understanding for us to pray this faithfully, joyfully, that there are these, these things are helpful to me. They stood out to me is there's this idea of God. We know you're good. Give us today our daily bread. God, I know you're good. And you want to know what God, I know you provide, you do provide for your people. And you don't just provide a little bit. You provide in abundance. Right? God is not about being being like, uh, you know, just little tiny portions of things. We see God giving, giving in amazing ways, okay? He's not stingy. He's not like us. We want to be that way sometimes. Yeah. <clears throat> Is we want to be stingy. We want to be moody. God isn't moody. God isn't, isn't uh, you know, uh, just trying to, to mess with us or anything like this. But there are these three ideas that really need to be fostered inside of us to truly be praying, give us today our daily bread. Turn over, if you would, to Joshua chapter 4. All right, this is very similar to what Ben brought up. Um, I'm reading the book of Exodus right now. This is a huge theme in Exodus. Is this idea of, of remembering that God is good. Remembering who he is, remembering that he is powerful because every one of us will be in seasons of life where we will doubt that. Yeah. 
And, and we will absolutely, man, we will think there is no way he, how can he be good if he's allowing this to happen? How can he be good if everything isn't going great in my life? How can he possibly be good? And throughout the Bible, God gives us a tool to help us. And he says, here's the tool. Remember me. Like, remember everything I've done. Remember the battles we've been through here in Joshua chapter 4. This is just to set up the kind of the, the setting here is God is bringing his people finally from the wilderness. And they're going to cross the Jordan River on dry land, just like the Red Sea, on dry land. And they're going to enter the promised land. Okay. Now, just think about it. This is what they have heard about been waiting for. This is, again, a land flowing with milk and honey. A land, again, not a land of scarcity, not a land that's bad or any of those things. It's, again, God's goodness, God's providence, God's abundance right here. And they said, we're about to go in. And this is going to be absolutely incredible. And here in Joshua chapter 4, in verse 1, after the entire nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord spoke to Joshua, choose 12 men from the people, one man for each tribe, and command them, take 12 stones from this place in the middle of the Jordan, where the priests are standing, and carry them with you and set them down at the place where you spend the night. So just picturing that, he's saying there's priests, they're in the river right now, except the river has stopped. They're standing on dry land, okay? He said, go out to what would be the bottom of the river and find 12 stones and bring them to this place where you spend the night. So Joshua summoned the 12 men he had selected from the Israelites, one man from each tribe, and said to them, go across to the ark of the Lord your God in the middle of the Jordan. Each of you lift a stone onto his shoulder, one for each of the Israelite tribes, so that this will be a sign among you in the future. When your children ask you, what do these stones mean? You should tell them the waters of the Jordan were cut off in front of the ark of the Lord's covenant. When I crossed the Jordan, the Jordan's waters were cut off. Therefore, these stones will always be a memorial for the Israelites. We, we need memorial stones in our life. We, we need to have those to where we can look back and go, oh, hold on a minute. No matter what's happening here in the present, man, we can go back and not only see the history of God with his people, but in my life and in your life as well. Okay. Are the stones of going, man, you want to know what? God is good. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are remembering this, that God is good. And now it's so much different to go to my father and say, give us today our daily bread. When I understand you are, I'm asking you this because you're good. Not because you want me to, to, to like just be groveling at your feet, but because you're good. Because like a father, like any father, but the greatest father would be with his children, which is, man, I love you and I want to give you good things. So give us today our daily bread changes when I'm reminded of the goodness of God. And then we go into this because oftentimes there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a narrative that gets played in, in kind of the Christian world 
okay? That this story that gets played of, of kind of God who's who's not really active anymore. He's he's more of just kind of hoping people just decide to somehow follow him. And just we just kind of he can be painted as a God who's like, oh gosh, I hope people know I'm good, and I hope, man, what if people don't like me? And man, I hope, boy, the church wasn't that full today. I'm really insecure. No, 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 no. Okay, that's not God. That's not the narrative of God. That's not in any way, shape, or form who God is. But this idea of going, man, God is active. God is working. God is absolutely powerful in our minute-to-minute life. God is at work. All right? And this is that idea here. So turn over, if you would, to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Okay, so we're jumping over to the New Testament. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. As Paul is talking to his Corinthian brothers and sisters here, he begins and he's telling them this in, in this section, he's kind of hitting some different areas. But there's this principle that gets like unearthed right here. Remember this, the person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And the person who sows generously will also reap generously. Each person should do as he decided in his heart, not reluctantly or out of necessity for God loves a cheerful giver. And then now pay attention. And God is able to make every grace overflow to you so that in every way, Always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. It's not that exciting when we think, but isn't he going to provide some other good stuff for us? <laughs> like, when's he going to give me the good stuff, though? Like, like, it's very easy to read this and go, okay, he provides that. That's cool, I think. Is it? Is it that great? Is that what, like, our heart is crying out for? Is the grace of God to overflow so that we won't need anything at all and that in every way we'll have everything we need? Not so we can just kind of, like, trace through life, but that we, we would excel in every good work. He said, that's what God will provide and he is able to provide is this, not in a stingy way, but unfortunately, this is a sign of God. And I get it. This is, this is tough because we, listen, there's no undoing this fact. Me and you, almost, almost all of us in here, okay, have probably, you've grown up either in this state or in the United States, okay? And if you have, there's just no changing the fact that we grew up as consumers. That every aspect of what me and you have learned in our life is I want things that I can consume that make me feel good and make me happy and give my life meaning. Except the thing about this is none of us have found that in the material world. Like there's never been a soul that has found that. There's never been anybody that's found that, but we are trained into that. Is to be consumers. And so sometimes the truth of Scripture can seem less than exciting. 
just, okay, well, that's great. The grace of God to overflow, solve everything in every way to excel in all of the good works. When, when he just described, like, being in the kingdom of God and how absolutely incredible that is and that this would be a life, what he's talking about excelling in and participating in and having all of his grace overflow is to be able to walk with one another, to be able to interact with our world around us and to be able to be a witness to things like a baptism, to see lives change, to see people healed, truly healed, not just, hey, yeah, I go to church, man, and nothing changes. Like, I'm talking about true healing, right? And he's saying that's what he invites us into. He's like, he's able to make every grace overflow to you so that in every way, always having everything you need, you can excel in every good work. He's saying this, this is the meaning and the purpose of life in the kingdom of God. What greater thing to excel in than his work? Right? It's this idea of God, you provide, you give us not just what we need to get through and to squeak through, but you give us more than we need. You're overflowing enough for us to be like having almost too much all the time. I love the wording here, okay? And then again, we've been hitting a fairly significant kind of a similar theme here is the abundance of God. So turn over to Ephesians chapter 3. And again, as we, as we dig into this, there is a difference in me saying, give us today our daily bread. And give us today our daily bread. God, I know you are good. And I know you provide. And I know you provide abundantly. And I have nothing to worry about. I don't have anything to worry about. One of the things, one of the areas that we all have found ourselves in, really, I mean, we kind of hit, we, we kind of look at 2020 as kind of that time when there was like this cultural almost shift, okay? And it really, for the most part, every single person has found themselves in the wilderness. Like it is unfamiliar territory. Like prior to 2020, in the entire world, there were some things that we kind of thought we could count on and things that wouldn't get in our way and things that wouldn't slow us down. And then all of a sudden we have pandemics and we have social unrest and racial unrest and political unrest. And we have those things that just seem to be getting worse and worse. And that really is where we land is this idea of being in the wilderness. And you wonder what, when you're in, the wilderness is a really great place to be in God's world. Because the wilderness is where God teaches us about himself. The wilderness is where our true selves come out. When you read Exodus, three days after they walked through the Red Sea, and they were already grumbling at God. Why didn't he kill us? Okay, because the wilderness brings out who we are. This prayer is such an amazing prayer when you're in the wilderness because it reminds us when everything around us doesn't seem to make sense and I don't know what's going on and I'm being like confused politically and socially and everybody has like their angle. This is the prayer that centers God's people. 
to go. I'm not looking for the world to give me my daily bread. I'm not looking for anything. I'm not looking for some product. I'm not looking for like a get rich quick scheme. I'm not looking for a self-help book. I'm not looking for a new relationship. I'm not looking for any of those things. I'm looking God for you. And you are good and you provide and you provide abundantly. And there's nothing in the world like that. That changes it. We, we have to become a people that pray this way in the wilderness. Because, because the world as we know it is not going to change back. Right? Whatever you thought it was in 2019, it will not be that anymore. Right? Whatever you hope for, it's not going to be like that anymore. But again, the wilderness is where God gets to, gets to teach his people and to bring his people around him. And his people learn to trust him and go, oh, why on earth were we grumbling at this? God is good. And God didn't bring us out into the wilderness to, to kill us. He didn't do that. In fact, he's giving abundantly here. And so in Ephesians chapter 3, um, I love this prayer. So there's a couple of times in the book of Ephesians that Paul writes down what he's praying for for the Ephesian Christians, okay? And here in uh, verse 14 of Ephesians chapter 3, and just kind of get this idea of, of Paul's view of God's abundance here. He says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. I pray that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power in the inner man through his spirit and that the Messiah may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you being rooted and firmly established in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and the width and the height and the depth of God's love and to know the Messiah's love that surpasses knowledge so you'll be filled with all the fullness of God. If you haven't spent much time in Ephesians, Ephesians requires us to slow down and listen to words because Paul is over the top with his descriptions. Okay, And he's saying, here's what I'm praying so that all of us, brothers and sisters, will comprehend this love. And he says, I want you to know this love. And by the way, it surpasses all knowledge. This isn't having more information. He's like, no, there's this love that's so great. There's no knowledge in the entire history of the universe that understands the greatness of this right here. The abundance of his love. He says, and now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. And so again, this isn't a God who's stingy. Alright? What whatever the story that you're telling yourself. And you're going, but for me, he has been. But for me, he hasn't been this way. Keith, I don't know what you're talking about. This isn't, this has not been my experience. I want you to hear something, okay? He is calling you to open your eyes, okay? Because the truth of the matter is, is sometimes the worst place for us to be is in a church building. Because we can go, man, because I'm here, everything should be fixed. 
Because I'm here, God, what have you done? I've been here every week. Why haven't you fixed me yet? <laughs> when all along, how many times do you think God has been trying to get our attention to go, look at the abundance and the goodness. Look at all of these things. I haven't withheld. But we can be stiff-necked and stubborn. But again, going back to this idea of, you know, give us today our daily bread. We're, we're emphasizing these things. We trust, we trust our Father to be these. And what's crazy is this prayer is meant to change how me and you interact with the world around us. This changes how we live when all of a sudden I don't have to worry anymore. I don't have to worry about what's coming ahead. I don't have to worry about like bad news coming ahead. Not because it's going to be all bad news will be great. No, 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 no. But because we know whose we are, like where we abide in the home of God. And going, man, listen, there is no reason that I have to defend or protect any of those things because of who my God is. And once the, listen, you know, once the pressure's off in our love for God, and, our, and we're not, again, it's very easy to read this and go, okay, I'm going to be good with this, and then I can go do some good things. All right? It's just stop for a second. All right? This isn't a call to send out the workers. Okay? There isn't a manipulation to go, now, now what are you going to do for me? That's not what he's saying. He's teaching us if we don't revel in him, trust him, love him, to continually like dig deeper into that and just be, man, as his children, love God. Matthew 22 says, you know, Jesus said the greatest thing you can do, the greatest thing I can do, the greatest thing you can do every single day is to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's the single greatest thing we can do ever. But unfortunately, we move on very quickly. It's very easy to want quick fixes. Like we may wake up tomorrow morning and, okay, I'm going to be serious about this. And then in the middle of the day, it's going to be, why hasn't this changed already? Why aren't you fixing me already? We have to be in for the long haul. Right? We've got to be in to let this sink down. To, to let this kind of sink through, you know, and just permeate every part of who we are. Not just splash ourselves with water. We're talking about like saturating ourselves with this. And that takes time and time and time and time of this. But also remember, this is a prayer of together. Our Father, give us today our daily bread. There's not more information that can be given. There isn't more. I know it would be great. We could do an entire exposition on John chapter 6 and Jesus being the bread of life. And we can go back and read about the manna in the desert. And we can do all of those things. And here's the truth of the matter is no amount of data, no amount of information, no amount of any of those things will take the place of me and you putting ourselves in this place consistently faithfully and allowing God to do his work. 
<laughs> That's it. Like, God, I know you're going to do it, and I'm going to put myself in that place. And you know what's great is he didn't leave us alone to do that. We're in this community, and there are times when people are going to question, go, man, Keith, I don't know. Maybe, like, shift this around. Like, we're here to help one another with that. But again, it's this idea, simply put, give us today our daily bread. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about us or have any questions, please visit ClemsonFoothills.com. You can also text Foothills to 94000 to stay up to date on everything going on here at CFC. 